Welcome to the podcast series about our textbook, Indigenous Education in Australia, Learning and Teaching for Deadly Futures, published by Routledge. This podcast series is hosted by Marnie Shea and Rhonda Oliver. We're the editors of this book, which is a collection of chapters authored by Indigenous and non-Indigenous educators and researchers on a variety of topics on Indigenous education. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land this podcast is recorded on, the Dugan and Yaru peoples, and the lands of the peoples where listeners are tuning in from today. In this podcast series, we explore the chapters with authors providing listeners and readers of the text the opportunity to hear the authors yarn about their chapters and provide further insights about some of the suggested practices and implications on their topics. Today, I'm yarning with Graham Gower and Mike Exel, who authored the chapter Developing Strong Relationships with Aboriginal Students, Families and Communities. Welcome both, and thank you for sharing your time and knowledge with us for this podcast series. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, who is your mob, and where you are from? Hi, everyone. My name's Graham Gower, and I hail from the town of Broome. I'm of Yarra descent, and uh, yes, I've uh, enjoyed working on this chapter and I hope you uh, enjoy reading it. My name is Michael Exel. Hi, Hexel. Uh, I am from City Beach in Perth, Western Australia. I am non-Indigenous, so uh, Anglo-Australian. Can you please share with the audience your background in Indigenous education? Let's start off with me. Um... Being a primary school teacher, I, I uh, was a teacher for eight years with the education department and taught in uh, a number of schools throughout the Pilbara and Kimberley uh, regional areas of Western Australia uh, before joining the higher education sector where I've worked for the last 32 and a half years. Um, I've been teaching Aboriginal studies, uh, Aboriginal education and uh, have been also involved in, in Aboriginal research. So my background in Aboriginal education started when I was a university student at Curtin University. I was a research assistant on a number of projects and it first started at uh, one down outside Esperance at a school called Mongatha Caps where we collected data and performed a needs, a needs analysis on the, uh, on the school. Um, it started by doing a bit of volunteer work at the school's country work, coaching their basketball team and getting to know the kids that way. I was only pretty young at the time, about 21, and I really just saw these kids from all over Western Australia, from the goldfields, Kimberley, Pilbara. Um, they were just really, really infectious kids that just loved to laugh and loved being around you. And so from there, I performed another role as a research assistant on another project, this time focused on, on higher education students around Australia and the needs that they sort of needed going from uh, either work to higher education school, whatever their pathway was into university. From there, I moved to the regional town of Catawooley, Western Australia, which is about a six-hour drive inland from Perth, uh, where I was a journalist for two and a half years, and then I moved into work with the Klontar Foundation, which uh, provides a bit of mentorship for Indigenous boys at high school. Um, from Kagwili, I moved to Hawes Creek in the remote East Kimberley region of Western Australia, and I'm currently living and working in Port Hedlands in Pilbara. It's Mike and Graham. Graham, starting with you, can you tell me uh, a little bit about your chapter? You explored developing relationships. What's some of the main messages that you wanted the readers to take from this chapter? I think, Rhonda, the, the key word is what you just said then. Uh, 
It is relationships, uh, developing and sustaining effective working relationship, relationships with your students uh, that are built on trust, respect, um, and of course, this will come over time. It just doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's also important that you show genuine interest uh, with your students. Uh, they'll be the first ones to to really pick pick you out if you're not genuine. Uh, so. Um, if you are going to engage in the space effectively, you really need to demonstrate uh, that you are genuine and you wish to work with, the, with Aboriginal kids. Uh, another point that uh, we, tr we make in the chapter is that um, uh, stop and think before reacting. Um, as a teacher, we often look at things and see things and then uh, develop or come to a conclusion without first stopping and thinking, well, why is this kid behaving or acting this way? and what type of response should I be giving that's appropriate for the situation in order to maintain the relationship and build the relationship that I've already established with that child. Um, the other point we, we make is be prepared to be the learner yourself rather than be, being the teacher, because uh, Aboriginal kids love being teachers. Uh, they love teaching their, their teacher uh, because for many, they are young adults themselves at a very young age. So they um, have this relationship with adults and they are very happy and willing to share their stories, share their culture with you. Um, be mindful that students regularly experience trauma, sorrow uh, and many other challenges. Uh, when a student comes to, to your school late in the morning, uh, be mindful that uh, they've come to school possibly from uh, experiencing these these sorts of situations uh, and be pleased and reward them for turning up to school, for instance. Mike, is there some further points you'd like to add to that? So building off what Graham said, uh, the key of the chapter is obviously about relationships with the students, families and their communities. But focusing on the students, like Graham said, it's really about that two-way learning. So I was, just, I was talking to a uh, friend and colleague of mine uh, earlier this morning and he's telling me a story about Luma, a remote community school. But all the new teachers, as part of their induction, the, when they're their first school assembly, when they start at this community, which is about 250 kilometres inland from Broome, they have to get up and in front of all the students, use a throw net for the first time, which is part of, uh, part of fishing. Uh, so for lots of uh, teachers that might be fresh grads that might be experienced, they're probably not the most experienced in using throw nets. So that's a part of being vulnerable yourself as an educator to learn from the students that you are educating yourself. When you open yourself up to those situations, you might feel you know embarrassed or uh, might feel a bit of shame, but that might be that's a really important opportunity to put yourself in the position of the students who might be feeling this while you're teaching your lessons. So as you can show you're not afraid to put yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable, that makes the student feel more comfortable in that same situation. Like Graham said about relationships, it's important that you think of a relationship with your student as any relationship, maybe a friendship, a romantic relationship, one with your family. No one enjoys being part of one-way relationships. With any relationship, it's important to have a two-way relationship. We a friendship, romantic relationship, one with your family or in the classroom. As such, you need to be able to show you give and take both ways. This is building off the idea of two-way learning. So as Graham explained, students love the opportunity to teach you things. You need to do the same with them. But you also need to show interest. 
lots of children, especially out in the communities, have this great knowledge of hunting, fishing, going out bush. So if you open yourself up to those opportunities and ask about that, you only get their interest and they want to teach you these things, but you have a greater chance of them when you're trying to teach them the curriculum of them wanting to partake in that type of learning. Are there any additional practices that you'd recommend in addressing relationship building, Graham? If you're a beginning teacher, I'd uh, recommend trying to absorb or, or uh, give yourself as much opportunities to to expose yourself to Aboriginal culture of that particular region. Uh, you must remember that uh, there, there are cultural differences, not only in language but uh, other practices, how people will relate to you from region to region, school to school. Uh, so it's important as a, as a beginning teacher or even as an experienced teacher coming into a, to a school or a community that you take on board um, the information that is available to you and any opportunity that the community may provide you, whether uh, be it an exchange at a sporting carnival or at a footy match or even engaging in sport with, uh, with the Aboriginal community is, is also important. After gaining this knowledge, you're able to include appropriate uh, examples and uh, content uh, in your teaching. And, and that's one way of acknowledging and rewarding Aboriginal culture and uh, creating a sense of self-esteem amongst your, your Aboriginal kids. Um, further to that, uh, you could always approach the Aboriginal teacher assistant, or they're known as AIEOs here in Western Australia, or Aboriginal education workers, approach them or engage them. Or as both Mike and I said earlier, sometimes it's you can use your students in your classroom to provide some examples of, of culture that uh, they may be able to, to share with their peers and with you. In reimagining a better future for Indigenous education, what is your vision for excellence in Indigenous education? Rhonda, from a uh, student point of view, I'd like to see uh, all Aboriginal students achieve the national ben benchmarks and all literacy and numeracy, uh, numeracy standards. In other words, you know, the, the gap being no more. And for for them, for these students to go on and uh, go up to year 12 uh, and then on to university and then they themselves become teachers or to move into other professions uh, where today there are many uh, non-Aboriginal people in those areas that, um, that are dealing with uh, Aboriginal people. So I'd certainly like to see uh, more Aboriginal people coming through the, the school system and being successful. Uh, and from a non-Aboriginal teacher's point of view or non-Aboriginal person's point of view, is for them to engage in their teaching uh, and in their relationships, uh, if they're not teaching with Aboriginal people, uh, understanding their culture uh, so that uh, reconciliation can really and truly come about uh, in, in its uh, full intentions. Uh, yeah, that's certainly my, uh, my dream, my vision. Thanks, Graham. And Mike, the final words? Personal point of view, moving from... Kalgoorlie in the goldfields in Western Australia where I was very much in my comfort zone to East Kimberley and really immersing myself within the uh, Indigenous community and uh, Indigenous education was the most positive thing I've ever done in my life. So my vision uh, for the future of Indigenous education is providing opportunities for non-Indigenous people like myself and really hoping they embrace those opportunities to um, follow a similar path that I did because they honestly will change change your life for the better and more importantly, change the lives of young Indigenous and Aboriginal students who need good educators in their schools. Um, from an Indigenous point of view, and I've been very lucky to work with a group called Headland Strong Leaders, there is a need for 
a strong Indigenous community have values, education and places a value on Indigenous students finishing school. And the only way for that to happen is for those students themselves to finish school and to see the value and see the benefit of getting the, way through, getting the whole way through their 12 years of education so they can go on to further training, further educational employment pathways. And again, the only way that's going to happen is by having good teachers in their schools if they're Indigenous teachers, that is even more positive because those are the ones that are going to stay for a long term in those communities and really build that strong, positive relationship to see those students through. And then hopefully that builds stronger Indigenous communities around the country. Thank you.